to most of you, welcome back. If you're a visitor or if you're even watching us online, um, it's great to have you join us. And it's always a blessing to be together, isn't it? Yeah. At Suwi Church, we like to start our services with a few songs. And as we sing and worship God with our voices, can I invite you to focus your heart and your attention on Him this evening? Because through any season, He deserves all our praise and all our adoration. So please, stand with us. Let's sing.
season you are faithful to us thank you that through that though our circumstances change or even if they stay the same Lord nothing separates us from your love and we praise you that that is something that we can have full confidence in so Lord we worship you because you are great and you deserve all our praise all this we pray amen well thanks for singing with us before you take a seat please say hi to someone around you Thank you, worship team. Can I say that song, Be Exalted, O God? I'd not heard that since I was a very small boy. So it was a long time ago. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in that, that time. Scripture at Subi, we have uh, a memory verse that we do each month. So we're going to do this month's verse. It's from Psalm 46, verse 7. So if you're ready, you can say it with me. Psalm 46, verse 7. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Thank you. Children, you are free to now go to your Saturday evening classes. While they're leaving, let me introduce myself. Uh, my name's Jamie. I'm part of the ministry team here. I realized I haven't actually done the announcements here for probably 10 years. So anyway, so I'm back on the ministry team. Um, if you're visiting today, I've already met a few new people. Um, afterwards in the, the foyer, you can find myself or someone else maybe with a red lanyard be part of the, the, the service team here. We'd love to connect with you and uh, you know, let you know a little bit more about Subi Church. We've also got these connect cards on your seat. You can also scan the QR code with your smartphone. 
we'd actually like people to fill these in, even if you don't have a prayer request, just so we can know that you're fellowshipping with us. Um, if you would like to know more about the church, about small groups, if you have a specific uh, prayer request or a response to the message, please let us know using this form. Offerings can also be made online. If you need some information about how to set that up, um, we have some forms here that can tell you. If you also would still like to give uh, uh, directly, we have envelopes and buckets up the back for you to do that. Why don't we pray for our giving this week? Father, we thank you that you are a, a great and awesome God. You reign in heaven above. Father, we thank you that you invite us to partner with you. And so, God, we just pray for every person that gives, we pray you'd bless them and that you'd use their giving to further build your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Let me very quickly go through some announcements. Tonight, a very special night for us as a church. We're saying farewell to Pastor Ben and Sherry after 10 years of service here at Subiaco Church. So please don't leave too quickly after the service. We're going to have a farewell supper in the foyer. And uh, please feel free to take that time to say thank you to, to Ben and Sherry for their service here at the church. Coming up uh, Wednesday, this Wednesday, the 30th of November, 7.30 p.m. in the cafe is a women's night. We're going to be hearing from, well, not me. The ladies will be hearing from uh, Sherry. She's going to share on her reflections about the past 10 years of serving here at Subi Church. If you would like to go, if you could please RSVP on your Connect card. The following night, Thursday, also in the cafe, will be uh, a men's ministry night, lads' night. So if you're here, you consider yourself a bit of a lad, please come along. RSVP on the card. $10 for dinner. So please let us know for catering purposes. The topic of discussion will be, what does it mean to be a man and no longer a boy? So I'm looking forward to that. Again, please RSVP on your Connect card. Friday, December the 2nd is the first, um, it's, it's the art seed, so they meet once a month, the first uh, Friday of each month. They're going to be doing a Christmas tea party, and the theme is, there you can see, a berry Christmas tea party. So the invitation is to come along, make a, a teddy bear or a Christmas tree ornament, and you can also come along and uh, make a craft as well. I'm actually going to be there this week, sharing a, uh, this time sharing a short devotion. So I'd love to see you there. Young Adults Christmas Dinner, 11th of December, 6 p.m., also in the Church Cafe. Um, young Adults, if that's you, please come along. Please invite a friend. It'd be a great way to connect young people into the, the Young Adults group in the church. Again, if you could RSVP on the Connect card, that's $5 for dinner. Also, one last announcement. We have a 2022 Advent devotional. Now, this devotional is a great way to prepare for the season, uh, celebrating the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, because we're in a season of transition as a church, the theme for this year's devotional is a season of transition. And I like this. It says, Our situation and circumstances change all the time, but there is one unconstant changing, or one unconstant, sorry, in the universe and that is the God whom we worship. So this is the devotional focus we'll have this year as we celebrate the coming of Jesus. If you would like to get a copy of that, please indicate so on your Connect card, and we can actually put you on the list to receive those devotionals by email. I'm going to hand over to Peter. Thanks, Jamie. Well, I get the best job tonight, 
well, actually, opening the Word of God is the best job, but the second best job tonight, and that is to call Pastor Ben to the to the podium, to the stage. And your wife is not here tonight, is she? She'll be here later. Well, that's no good right now, is it? We want her now. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's okay. But you will convey what we're going to... Are you in the light? You need to come in the light a little bit more. There we go. Can you see him now? Don't. We'll bring everything into the light. You're in the darkness. Okay. Well, um, it's my joyous duty to um, thank Pastor Ben and Sherry. And if she was here, I would be speaking to her too. But you can convey our thanks to them. This is their last official service. They finish, or Pastor Ben finishes on Wednesday, the 30th, 30th of November. And um, it's sort of been a, a gradual farewell. Lots of things have been happening over the, the last month and so. And it's been good. But it's sad too. Yeah, it is. But you know what? Um, I just wanted to acknowledge that Pastor Ben and his wife Sherry have given up a lot to be here 10 years ago. I want to go through some of the things. They left a lot. They left their, their homeland. This is not their homeland. They left their home. You're citizens now, right? And so we welcome them, but this is not their true homeland, and it is different. They left their family and their friends. They left parents, they left children, grandies to come. We soon found out afterwards they were here, the grandies, and and um, and that was that was a cost. True, yeah. And um, they left their church over there. They were well established in the church. It was it was. Uh, I think Pastor Ben was saying it was comfortable. Um, Ministry is never really comfortable, but you know it was reasonably comfortable. He, he was well established in that ministry there. It was a big church, much bigger than ours, um, and they left their home. They came here to live in an apartment for 10 years in an apartment. Um, you did well. Congratulations for that. Yeah, yeah. They liked it. It was just down the road. You didn't have to drive, and um, you've got to look for the positives, right? And, um, and also, they left a different culture. So it's a very different culture. Those who have been to America, you know, it's great. I love America. I love Americans. Um, but the culture is very different, and you do need to get used to it. And I love the way Pastor Ben has purposely, purposefully used Australian words. Have you noticed that when he preaches? He uses Australian words. He's getting pretty good at it. He's going to go back home. They won't know what he's talking about. Okay, are you fair dinkum? What? Anyway. Um, He's, he's, he's going to go home, but he's not staying home. So um, Pastor Ben and Sherry are going to, um, for Christmas, home. When are you leaving? Test. Okay, there we go. I leave December 8th, uh, traveling with my daughter, son-in-law, and two grandsons. Well, yeah. um, Sherry? She leaves a week afterwards. She's got to keep coming. working. Yeah, yeah that, someone's going to bring in the bacon. Someone's, yeah, someone's okay. got to keep working, yeah. Okay. But they'll all be home for Christmas. <clears throat> Praise God for that. I'm really excited for you, hmm. for Sherry, and for... Um, yeah, your family here and for your family over there. Thanks for the drums tonight, Dave. Um, <laughs> Pastor Ben has ministered very faithfully to us over the last 10 years, and I know you'd agree with me. I've, I've written a few things down, and it's not an exhaustive list, but a few things I've written down here. He's served tirelessly. You know, being in the ministry, being a senior pastor is a difficult role. It's It's... There's a lot of energy that goes into that, and he served us tirelessly. He's loved us very well, and Sherry has supported him in that. Mm. He has um, he's led us very gently, and that's um, a godly thing to lead gently. And I think about the way he led us through the transition from um, after Graham and not having a senior pastor, 
and leading us through the, the whole building program here and, and the ministry that now carries on because of the building, the facilities we have, mm. and also, of course, the, uh, the whole thing of COVID, which we don't want to bring up again after tonight. But he led us well through that and very gently through that. And, um, but most of all, he's remained true to God's word and he's taught us God's word, and that's the most important. So we Praise thank God. you for that. Thank you, Peter. Yeah. And um, now he's going to the new ministry of Sparrow. He's introduced that to us. Keep praying for that, supporting that. And I'm excited about what God's going to do in the next season because it's not over till it's over. And it's not over then either because then we're in glory and that's, even, that's just the beginning. So, hmm. But the time here is not over because he's going to be ministering th through Sparrow and going hmm. to be blessing a lot of other churches. And I believe you'll be here sometimes. Absolutely. Okay. So we'll get to see him after Christmas. And, um, and they'll be ministering... Um, through Sparrow to many other churches and pastors and pastors' wives and encouraging them mm. in their ministry, which is going to be good for Australia. It's going to be good for Perth. It's going to be good for the kingdom of God. So we thank God for the years that he still has here in Australia before mm. they probably eventually go back to the States. But mm -hmm. we won't talk about that yet. So I'm going to pray for you, Pastor Ben. Thank I'm going you. to ask um, the staff to come up, elders, if you're here, to come up. We're going to mm. lay hands on Pastor Ben. We're going to pray for him. I want to read you, while they're coming up, I want to read you, uh, a few verses um, from Philippians 1. And when I say I, I mean we. And mm. when we say you, we mean you. Thanks. I thank God, my God, and all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine or ours, for you all making my prayer or our prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the very first day unto now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will begin it to completion at the day of, of Jesus Christ. Amen. I got emotional. Amen. That because Pastor Ben has um, been a partner in the gospel with us Aussies mm. here, and I'm very grateful for that. So let's pray. Father God, we, we come here to um, lift high your name. Mm. Amen. We sang those songs that exalted are you, Lord, and faithfulness, Lord, you have been so faithful. And part of that, Lord, we see in the way that you've led Pastor Ben and Sherry to us and you've ministered faithfully through them. And we thank you for that. But we thank you, Lord, that they have endured um, hardship to be here. They have um, said no to a lot of things so that they could say yes to you and yes to us here at Subi Church. And we thank you for that. Father, we praise you for that. We are the recipients of that. And... Um, and we thank you. Mm. Lord, we thank Pastor Ben for his um, coming to minister among us. And, uh, Father, we thank you that he um, is not finished with ministry. Lord, we thank you that he wants to continue being tireless and helping others who are tired in their ministry. And, Father, we pray for Sparrow. We pray for Pastor Ben and Sherry as, he, uh, Sherry as she um, enables him and helps him, Lord. Thank you for the beautiful helper that she is for him. Mm. And we pray for them both as they step into this new season, that you would make them, Lord, more fruitful than ever before. You would increase the fruit of their labour and give them a great harvest, Lord, for your kingdom. Bless them as they travel to the States, Lord. Give them a wonderful time with family as they celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank you for that opportunity again this year. We pray you bring them back home here, this home, safely. And, uh, Lord, that they would step into ministry refreshed. 
And this is all about you, Lord. So now Amen. unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless Amen. before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Saviour, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory and majesty, dominion and authority before all time, now and forevermore. Amen. 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 Thank you, Peter. Thanks. I almost didn't present the book. You want me to take that? Oh, thanks. We've got all the important things done, but this is really important. Do I have to return this at the end of this service? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I, have to, I didn't. I'm going to let go of it. Okay, so, okay, yeah. okay I'll take um, it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a book of thanks. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, yeah. Nice. yeah. Oh, I know about this book, yeah. yeah. yeah you know about this book. I've okay. heard about it. I've oh, not seen it. I thought this was a secret. Okay. No. So, what you're doing is a secret. This was, uh, I, I knew this was coming. It's not happening in the next two services, okay? So oh, it's not happening again. So you probably can keep the book for a few hours. Right. It's got to be a secret again. Okay. We, we love you, Pastor Peter. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. Good evening, church. Um, This week's Bible reading is taken from John chapter 21, verses 15 to 19. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. We recognize Peter denied Jesus three times. So three times Jesus is going to say, Peter, do you love me? And I recognize there's a change in Greek verbs there. But but, um, the main thing is this. How does Jesus respond when someone says, I love you, Lord? What does he ask them to do? Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs, care for my people. So Peter is restored, and he's restored to ministry. And based upon the love he has for the Lord, Jesus says, here's how you show it. You show it by loving my people. So it's a great passage, and I just wanted to refer to that. But we're not going to look at that uh, today because we're looking at Psalm 23, which I've claimed, as many of you have, as a psalm of my life, and I just want to make it very personal and uh, share that with you. Before I do, uh, just a, a few things. Again, this, uh, this is one of those things where I was, I was thinking today, when I left my previous church, we had a, a large sanctuary, so we could seat over 1,400 people, and I told them, we normally do two services, please just do one, so I only have to do this one time. And I tell you what, I'm doing it three times this weekend, I'd give money to do it one time, but at this point it's, it's three. You get to be number one, by the way. Uh, the other thing is, I am um, I'm kind of nursing a sore throat, so just be aware of that, I'll be wearing a mask afterwards, not for, for your sake, and just be aware of that. Uh, let me just give you, as I get to uh, my final time before our 
entrance into the Word of God, and one of the things I've wanted to do is make this a time where I get to lead you in prayer, and that's been a privilege as well. But let me just make a few announcements before we go to that time of prayer. There was someone who uh, once said, uh, finish the chapter before you turn the page. And I've, I've tried to cling to that, and I've asked people to pray for me that I might finish well. And so one of the things I've had is the, the privilege of uh, shepherding, pastoring. And as Peter mentioned, a lot of people are saying, okay, you, you made it through uh, Subaru Renew, and that's been a blessing. I pray for decades to come, this building, facility will be a blessing. And then through that time of COVID, which no one was prepared for, but we had to do it together, and so we called it Subi Together. And today, I still want to speak as your pastor, and uh, as, as you know, I remain in the role until November 30th, so I know you can count those days, but it's still that role, and I want to finish well. Uh, the next page for me, it, when we turn, finish the chapter, the next page is Sparrow, and so I'm not retiring, please do not use that word. Um, I'm going into another pastoral role in ministry, and I'm looking forward to it, but I want to finish here. Uh, let me just mention, we, we talked about an Israel trip that was going to be part of that ministry, and we did find out this week what the costs are, so this is the high cost, it could go down from there, but it's going to be $58.95 plus airfare. So I looked at that, compared it to our 2020 trip, which is pretty close, we're about 1200 over the 2020 trip. The fact is, everything's gone up, including the American dollar, which is what they use in Israel, and, um, and so it's just higher, and the prices are higher and inflation's there. We knew it was going to be higher, so I guess I was happy that it wasn't higher than this, but that's, um, that's inclusive of tips and so forth, visas and everything else. So if you have an interest in that, I do want you to know that is the number, so I'm sharing that publicly. And if you've signed up, we'll keep you informed on that. As we've if we shared, uh, we want to be clear on what the season is. It is a season of transition and changes, and we recognize that can cause some people to be a little bit nervous. And so let me just give a couple of words about that before we have our time of prayer. And I just pray that you would um, just hear what, me out on these things. So changes are a fact of life. I believe that. Uh, and it's how we handle them that matters. And it really is a test of character when we go through changes. So I will be leaving, a new senior minister will be appointed, not yet, we do not, have not identified that person, therefore we still keep praying. In the transition, I want you to be aware that uh, Peter Wiesk, who was the one who handed me that book, he is, will be our interim executive pastor, and will take the administrative roles and some of the, the shepherding roles that I've had as the, uh, as the senior pastor, so... I always look at it as uh, there's a, a primary role for a pastor to be a pastor teacher, give shepherding care, but also there's a servant leadership. There's administrative involved in that, and he's going to be taking that over as a staff a team leader, as an elder, and in a shepherding role. So please pray for him. On the elder board, again, there's a changing of the guard, and we need to recognize that. And one of the things I've been privileged to do is be able to share, uh, serve with Joseph Tan for many years, and the Lord took him home, and then Rod Cousins in the last couple of years, 
And now uh, Sean Kahn will be the chairman of the Elder Board. And I say that, and just so you know, and I say this in all sincerity, I think he's the man for the job. And so I'm asking you to support, encourage, pray for him and the elders in this time of transition. They do not have an easy job. They do not get paid for it. They do it out of love for you and out of love for the Lord. Let me talk about the role of the congregation briefly. It's not passive. It's active. You pray. You encourage. As you have concerns, voice your concerns, but always voice them with that vision of bless, blessing God, blessing others. One of the things that the Spirit of God calls us to is unity, and we need to be one during this time of transition. And God will be with us. I'm very confident of that. He's been faithful in the past. He will be faithful in the future. So everyone, elders, deacons, staff, congregation, we go forward, not in fear. That is not of the Lord, but in faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So that's my last official announcement. And what I'd like to do is go with you to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that you are so faithful to us. And each of us, we want to bring before you our our burdens, our concerns, our hurts, and even our sins. We lay them before the cross of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the good shepherd. And we look to you as the head of this church to guide and direct us in the days ahead, knowing that you have been so faithful to us. We look to you. We trust you. We love you. And Father, I do pray that as we look to this very precious portion of Scripture once again, not unfamiliar, but one that is precious to us. It is a treasure in your word, and we want to live it out. This amazing thought, the Lord is my shepherd. So please bless us as we look at your word in Christ's name. Amen. So some psalms of my life, Psalm 23, I'm claiming it. You get to claim it as well. And if you haven't claimed it yet, I'd love you to claim it today. But let's start out. Um, We know it's the Lord is my shepherd. It's a shepherd's psalm. So it involves sheep. There's always some sheep involved with shepherds. You can't have one without the other. And this is a story, true story from 2005 in Turkey. And I'm going to show you just a, a brief screen because it tells that story. But there were sheep, and they were on this cliff, and, and apparently one of them, for whatever reason, stepped over the cliff. And that sheep was the leader. And then the other sheep start following that one. And they keep following one after the other after the other. 450 fall to their death. Now there are 1,500 sheep that were actually there. The shepherds were at a distance. They were doing their breakfast at the time. And and there were about 1,500 sheep. The other ones didn't die because they landed on the bodies. And and so at some point, they cushioned one another's fall. But what's going on there is we think about sheep, and sheep are not the brightest animal in the world. And sheep need a shepherd. Whenever we take a trip to Israel and Jordan, I always ask people, 
Look out for sheep, and if you see sheep, there will be a shepherd. I'll promise you, a shepherd will be in eyesight of those sheep. They have to be, because a sheep, if you leave them alone, they just do stupid things. That's what sheep do. Pastors are called to shepherd God's flock. The scripture we read was Jesus and Peter. But remember, when Peter said, Lord, I love you, Jesus responded, feed my sheep. I want you to care for my flock. For me, the highest privilege that anyone can have is to be that under-shepherd in the church of Jesus Christ. And when we are asked, do you love me, Lord? And Jesus says to me or any person who will shepherd the flock, Jesus says, feed my sheep. So for me, it's been a privilege these last 10 years. I I do want to tag on because uh, I, I recognize there's a, something that my brother started in 1989 when Graham came here as a very young man and built this church up and served this church for 21 years. That uh, Today, this day, will be my final message. And uh, Graham gave his final message, but together, if I can speak for both of us, It's been over 30 years of ministry, and it's been a joy and a privilege to be able to serve you and serve Suby Church. I want to talk about why Psalm 23 is so popular, beloved. Because in times of greatest need and uncertainty, distress, sorrow, in the face of an uncertain future, we have, according to this, this passage, a God who cares a God who leads, a God who helps. I want to speak personally because this is one more opportunity for me to declare personally very deep-seated belief in my heart, the Lord is my shepherd. We all need a good shepherd. The other thing that we need is clarity, and I find in this passage great clarity. Who we are, we need to know who we are very clearly. How we relate to the world around us but also, it provides clarity in our relationship with the Lord. How do I relate to my God? He's not some impersonal force. He is not just a power in the universe. He is a God that I love. He is my shepherd. Two relationships and images there. So the shepherd and the sheep, that's very clear. The second one you'll also notice, and I think it's also clear, is the guest and the host. So two relationship images in this passage, and two reoccurring themes in the passage. So the theme of intimacy and the theme of confidence. We see these again and again come up in Psalm 23. So one more time, I do want to ask you to stand as we read from God's word and hear this beloved psalm. I know you've heard it before. Let it wash over your soul. Let it be a fresh reading and a fresh understanding of who our God is. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, 
They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is God's word. You may be seated. So two thoughts. First, the Lord is my shepherd. It's very clear, taking it right from the text. The Lord is my shepherd. It's a psalm of David, who is the shepherd king. And we don't know the occasion where he wrote it. I, I like to at least think in my own mind that perhaps David was watching over his sheep. And, and he could speak to his sheep, and they would recognize his voice, and, and he would say to his sheep, you know, you have a shepherd, I'm your shepherd, I'm your good shepherd. And then he might wonder, well, well who shepherds me? And then he smiles and he says, of course, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And so whether it occurs that way or not, it's still very intimate. The Lord. Now, in the NIV, it just says the Lord, and you'll notice the capital L-O-R-D. It is the covenant name of our God, Yahweh. It is not a title. It is a person. So if I say to you something like this, I saw the doctor today. You have a concept of, of who I'm talking about, but if, if I say, I saw my friend Tim, who is my GP today, it puts it on more of a personal basis. David calls him not just God, power, force. He is Yahweh. He is my covenant God. That is his name. That is his name. So Jesus is his name. He is the Messiah, the Christ. That is his title. But Jesus is his name. And in this case, it is Yahweh. And he calls him my shepherd. Now think about that for a moment. Isn't there more to the flock than just David? And I don't think he's he's trying to exclude other people. He's just making it very, very intimate and personal. And each person in my belief, can either say or deny that phrase, the Lord is my shepherd, or the Lord is not my shepherd. But everyone has that opportunity. There's clarity here. He knows his shepherd. He knows who to listen to. He knows who to follow. You got that? We live in a world where people are living, in my opinion, in an amazing fog. They do not even understand their own identity. They have this huge fog. But David clarifies, I have this clear relationship with my God. He is my shepherd. I know who I'm following. I know who I'm listening to. I'm not confused by the noise of the world. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is going to take this same phrase. In John chapter 10, look over there. John 10, beginning verse 14. Now, I want you to think about it. If you take out the adjective, Jesus says this. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus says, I am the shepherd. You got it? Jesus is going to claim this thing, okay? 
No Christian should ever read Psalm 23 and think this has nothing to do with Jesus. Jesus claims it. He claims it is his space. I am the shepherd. Actually, he adds one adjective. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. That is the good shepherd. And that is who Jesus is. When I say Yahweh is my shepherd, it puts him in the shepherding role, okay? That's who he is, the shepherd. What does that make me? Get with it. What does it make me? Sheep, of course. Sheep. I wish, you know, in some sense, I wish, you know, why not a lion? You know, even if you think about it, sheep are defenseless. Sheep have no natural defenses. At best, they can run away. Not a lion, not even a kangaroo, okay? So I'm doing the Australian. Not even the kangaroo, I, I get it. They have some defenses, not, not, not sheep. Sheep are not smart. We've said that. They're known to be pretty stupid animals. Live with it. We, if our, go our own way, we would go in a bad way. One person has said they, uh, they checked out uh, and interviewed a lot of people who work with sheep and asked them, you know, tell me about the brain of a sheep. And the guy said, well, the brain of a sheep is just slightly above a cabbage. That's where we're looking in terms of the, how they're thinking. So I got to live with that. He calls me his sheep, which means I am very dependent upon him, very dependent, or else I would do the stupid thing and step over the cliff as well. Now, Jesus' sheep, let's go back to John chapter 10, beginning verse 27. And this is what he says. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. So let's talk about the sheep. The sheep... The sheep, listen to my voice. The sheep, follow me. One of the things we've got to distinguish, I'm being very serious here. We've got to distinguish between the voice of Jesus and the voice of the crowd, okay? If you're just going with where the crowd is, I'll guarantee you that's not Jesus' voice. It cannot be Jesus' voice. He is not the voice of the mob. He's not the voice of the crowd. He's the voice of the good shepherd. It is quite different than the voice of the crowd. If you think that Jesus' voice is identical with your voice, you know, Jesus thinks just like me, you got another thing coming. You need to spend more time reading the Bible because he will challenge you, he will change you because he will shape you to be his sheep. But you listen to his voice and you follow him. There's a sense of confidence. Do you see it even in that very first verse? He says this, I lack nothing. I want to go to the English Standard Version because it starts out the same. The Lord is my shepherd. But then it says, I shall not want. So let me use that for just a moment. So it says, because the Lord is, because the Lord is, I shall. Got it? The Lord is, I shall. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall be content. I shall be 
thankful. I shall practice Psalm 150 to praise the Lord, that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. I want to talk about the needs here. How does he supply my needs? How does he supply our needs? The psalmist illustrates this in verses 2 through 4. Its emphasis is on the shepherd's role as a provider. And so think about it. Not only is sheep needy, this is in a desolate land where he's speaking. It's dry, rocky hills with sparse water, little grass. Four provisions. First, he provides food. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Second, he provides rest beside the still waters. He provides guidance. He leads me. He provides protection. You are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now that guidance, that path, that right direction in life, one of the things that if you're going to claim Jesus as your shepherd, if you're going to claim the Lord is my shepherd, I'm going to be, again, extremely serious because it's very personal. You do not get to say no to the shepherd. You follow his voice. You go where he calls you. It is a concern of mine, and I'm speaking to a younger generation, anyone younger than me. I'm 64. If you're younger, I'm speaking to you. If the Lord calls you, he has the right, he has the right to direct your life. If you're not willing to submit to his direction, there's an issue there. Now, as Peter kind of hinted, there was a, uh, there was a really tough thing for me uh, a little over 10 years ago when I was being asked, would you come here? And, and for me, it was a very comfortable situation that I was in. And I was about ready to say no. But then in my daily devotions, I was reading from Mark chapter 10, and Jesus is speaking to the rich young ruler. Now, Jesus has the right to speak to the rich young ruler, right? He says to the rich young ruler, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give everything to the poor and follow me and your riches and blessing in heaven. will be enormous. Why does Jesus say that? Why does he have the right to say to the rich young ruler, just give it up and follow me? Because the Lord is my shepherd. He has that right. If you deny him that right, then don't call him your shepherd, okay? You can't do that. So my passage, my reading that day, it was a time when we had... Sherry and I had made the decision to say no to this opportunity, and my daily Bible reading came from Mark chapter 10. And Peter spoke up, and he says, Lord, well, we've left everything to follow you. Verse 29, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me, gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecution in the age to come, eternal life. And so that's what the Lord spoke to me at that moment. We continue to pray about it, and, and we are here because the Lord has the right.
must have the right to direct our paths. Or else we are denying the Lord as our shepherd. He has to have that right. And so I say that, especially to a younger generation. Please give him the right to direct your path wherever it may go. Why do we do that? It was very clear, for his namesake, for the glory of his name. That's why. Well, what about the hard times? They're there. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the Hebrew construction there is shadow and death together would have a superlative meaning. So it's talking about the deepest, darkest shadow. So if we think about the, the shadow of death, and we, I think we have an image, that just kind of a picture of that. Uh, this applies whenever we go through dark and difficult times. That's what it is. Um, they're there part of life, we, we, we just go. But God is still with us. And, and if people think, well, I'll follow Jesus as long as it's always a rose garden, and it's not. You've got to come back to this psalm and make it a psalm of your life. When I go through the deepest, darkest times, he's still there. I'm not going to be afraid. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Do you see the confidence? you see the confidence? I've got a good shepherd who leads me, who directs me. And sometimes it's even in a dark valley, but he's still there with me. He's always there. Let me just highlight, if you look at um, verses 1 through 3, it speaks, the, the pronoun there is he, he. He, he, he makes me lie down. He leads me. He refreshes me. He guides me. But then if you look at verses 4 through 6, it's you. You are with me. Your rod. You prepare. You anoint. What's going on there? He speaks about God, and he speaks to God. One of the beautiful things is followers of Christ Jesus is we don't just speak about God, our, our God. We speak to our God. The Lord is my shepherd. It has multitude of applications for all of us. The question I ask you right now is this. Can you seriously, can you seriously say that is true? The next idea, the Lord is my host. Why don't you look at uh, verses 5 and 6. Uh, the shepherd is clear, but notice how he speaks in verses 5 and 6. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So it's, it's entering into a place that he has prepared for us. He is our host, and we are his guest. You prepare a table, and one of the things, I, I cannot read that without thinking that the Lord prepares a table. We call it the Lord's Supper. He prepares a table. He's both the good shepherd, and he's the Lamb of God who gives himself for us. When Jesus speaks about that, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. You have to keep that Psalm 23 in mind even when we come to the Lord's Supper. It's Jesus inviting us into his presence, but he is the good shepherd. 
He speaks about my enemies. Yeah, there, there's still enemies there. Every accusation Satan can throw at me, every one, in the presence of my enemy, you notice what he does? He anoints my head with oil. He welcomes me. He, he fills my cup to overflowing. There is these enormous blessings that he does not push me away as a sinner. But Jesus Christ saves me by his life, by his death on the cross. And then he draws me close and invites me into his presence. He shuts out Satan. The great accuser can say anything he wants, but my Lord is there. Goodness and love follow me. Uh, again, it's interesting here. The, the idea of this, of this verb would be it, it pursues me. Goodness and love are in pursuit of me. They help me so as not to let me escape. Just like I said, uh, it, it, good shepherds, shepherds will not let their sheep get out of their sight. Wherever we go, all the days of our life, what God puts in our life is goodness and love. And he puts that on our path, and that is always in our pursuit. Now, sometimes, just remember, we go through a dark valley. It's dark. It's scary. But you need to know goodness and love are still following behind you. God's goodness and love are there. So the Apostle Paul can say, and we know that God works all things together for our good, for those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. It's still there. The problem we might have, the problem we can have, is what? We have this love affair with the world. I want you to look over at John 14. Jesus, again, is going to interject himself into this host thing, okay? Just like he does into the shepherd thing. He says, John 14, verse 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's, ho my father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. So again, we have the dwelling of God, the Father. Jesus saying, but I'm, I'm going to interject myself into this story again because I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever that you may also be where I am. We dwell forever. Forever. We just need to continue to meditate on that. If, if you feel like you've got forever figured out, tell me, write a book about it, but I don't. We just keep dwelling on what does it mean to dwell forever in the presence of the Lord. And, and I, I get it. Some people in our world would say, look, I, I don't want to dwell forever in the presence of the Lord. I want to be with my friends, and if they're going down, that's where I want to go. That's where I want to be with my mates. And we don't, and if we ever buy into that type of mentality where we think, God, who created this world, and it's beautiful. There's so many beautiful things in this world, and yet he creates a new heaven and a new earth 
that is even more magnificent, and that's where I dwell forever. Please don't ever entice me or make me think that I want to be in hell with my mates and not dwell in the presence of the Lord forever, enjoying his presence, and actually worshiping him face to face. No, that's what I want. As I said, this is a psalm of my life. There's a sense of intimacy and confidence. I'm going to close with Romans chapter 8, verse 35, because I can't find anything better that summarizes it all when it all comes down to it. Romans 8, 35. Think about Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. He prepares a place for us, and he will come for us. Paul says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. That's been the lot of followers all along. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. It happens. But in all these things, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You see the confidence? There's an intimacy in the love. There's a confidence in that. For I'm convinced, here's my confidence, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I simply want to close with this thought. If you can genuinely, genuinely say, the Lord is my shepherd, you are a blessed person. You see it in Psalm 23. You are a blessed person. You are blessed. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. If you do not know the Lord as your shepherd, the, the beauty is this. The good shepherd invites you to follow him. Jesus invites you to hear his voice right now, right where you are. And when you put your faith and hope and trust in him, he invites you to be part of his great flock. And he will be to you that good shepherd. He will be to you that savior of sinners. He will be to you that one who will come and take you to be with him, and we will forever be with our Lord. Please, that's the most important message I have. If you do not have the Lord as your shepherd, there's no other message. Receive him. Trust him. Invite him to be your Lord, your Savior. Pray with me. Father, right now, I just want to pray on behalf of any here, any who are listening, who will honestly, before the, the King of Kings, the God who knows all things, they will honestly say, no, you're not my shepherd. But I wish you to be my shepherd. I want to follow you. And so, Lord, if you are speaking through your spirit to anyone here, I pray that you would draw them to yourself right now. I pray that they would put their faith, trust, hope in Christ alone. 
Lord Jesus, we know that what you call us to do is to confess our sins. Our sins separate us from a righteous God, but Jesus dies on the cross for sinners like us. He was raised the third day, victorious over sin and death. And so, Lord Jesus, here's our prayer. Jesus, today I want to accept you as my good shepherd. Today I confess that I am a sinner, and if left to my own way, it is destruction. But following you is life, eternal life. So I turn away from my own way, and I follow you, the way, the truth, and the life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me everlasting life. For the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. In Christ's name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, or you want to know more about what it means to follow Christ Jesus, it's our, our hope, our desire that you will talk to us. So, as I said, that's the most important message we have. It's the message we want to go out every week. We have a great God. And Jesus Christ has come into the world for sinners like us. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. When we come to the Lord's Supper, it is a recognition of that good shepherd. He has indeed seen us in our despair and our helpless estate. He has seen that. And he gives his life for us. Whoever believes in him will not perish and have everlasting Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. My sheep know me. If you know Jesus Christ, this table is for you. He invites you to it. Take the bread. It represents his body. Jesus gave his life for you. Take the cup. It represents his shed blood. His blood covers all of our sins. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the good shepherd invites you to if you've never put your faith and trust in Christ Jesus, again, we ask not that you partake of this supper. This is one that the Lord himself has to invite us to. It is by his invitation. It is by grace through faith alone that we are saved. So if you're not a follower of Christ, please do not partake. This is a sacred act for us. It's one of faith. But we would love to share the hope of the gospel. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, we, we cannot fully prepare for this supper. We can only be in awe of your sacrifice, your love, your grace. Because we are your sheep, we do not deny our sins, not one of them. Bring them all to the cross of Christ. We ask that in your mercy and grace, 
we would sense your forgiveness, your love, your hope. And our confidence is this. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ's name. As we do, we'll have the first five, ten rows on the side. Go to the side. In the front, you can come to the front. Go ahead and stand. The helpers will give you the bread and the cup. If you just hold that, in just a few moments, we'll partake together. Jesus said, My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Lord, Yahweh is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Is there anything greater than his own son? Jesus says, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down. He is the good shepherd. He gives us the bread and reminds us, this is my body. Let's take and remember. new covenant in his blood. It is for you to take in remembrance. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, all we can say is we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We adore you. And we long to see your face. But until that day, we will follow. In Christ's name, amen.
closing song.
this last time I get to do this as well. So why don't you sit down for just a moment? I'll take a, a couple moments. Um, and as I said, uh, I like this thought. Finish the chapter before you turn the page. And uh, Part of my desire has been to try to finish well to the best of my ability. And it's not over, but this will probably be the last time I'll speak to you as your as senior pastor. And um, just let you know, it's been a great privilege. Peter um, gave me a book that a number of you wrote, and I'll, I'll, I will look forward to reading it. I'm going to give you a book that God wrote, so that's um, it's a little bit different. The reason why I'm giving you this uh, Bible is... This is the Bible I brought with me from America to preach here, and it's the NIV, but it's 1984, so if you notice, I'm using a black leather cover now, not this Bible, but this is the one I originally brought to preach here, and um, I used it for a while, and then when we moved into the 1911, or 2011, I'm sorry, 2011, um, I did that, I changed the version. I still use this Bible, though, uh, because I use it when I travel, and I use it at funerals. And so uh, it's a special Bible to me. Uh, I left in there, some of you may know, when I speak, uh, I use just notes. I just paste them on one side of the page and preach from the other side, generally. So that's what I did. This was a sermon I preached in Thailand. Uh, for Compassion International to a, a beautiful church there, and they wanted me to speak about children. So for some reason, I never took it out because I don't use that passage often. But when I did uh, the services for uh, two very fine servants in our church and others, I used this Bible, including the funeral service of Joseph Tan and for Gordon Jennett. So what I'm going to do is um, I will leave this Bible with you uh, as part of my ministry. And the Lord's faithfulness. So again, it's been my privilege, and I get to lead you in prayer one more time. If you have a prayer request, Jen and David are up here. Uh, Sherry and I are going to be in the back of the auditorium tonight, just so you know. Um, I, I still am having trouble with my uh, voice. I'll wear a mask. Please say anything you want to me. I will not, Okay. Um, and so that's how we, we want to do that. But I can't talk in noisy places. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we go, we claim you, our rock, my redeemer, my shepherd. Thank you that you love. Thank you that nothing can separate us from your love. Lord, I ask your grace and blessing upon these people once again, upon this church. May we live for your glory. And may we bless God and bless others and be the church of Jesus Christ that you call us to be. And now, Lord, as we go, May we have your grace and peace. In Christ's name, amen. Lord bless you.